I just came back from seeing Woman King and I was not expecting for me to cry so much. Like what? But I also didn't really go into it with any expectations besides me knowing that I was going to be thoroughly engaged and involved in the plot. Um, I barely remember the trailer. I really didn't have much context. I just knew I saw Annalise Keaton and I was like, that's my, that's my bitch. So we gotta go, we gotta go support. And I heard John Boega and just a cast of strong black women. I, I had to like obligatory and excited. Yes. Okay. Uh, but welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of WTF Am I Doing? The podcast made to have you feel empowered no matter where you are on your journey. I have been wrestling with whether or not, you know, I should share a very particular part of my journey with you all. Um, And it's not because I am... I haven't processed it. It's more so a fear of me not wanting to, you know, I think what comes up is like trauma bond, but I feel like there's a difference between me just being honest and transparent about my journey um, just to build connection versus me like giving you all something that's happened to me in the past with the expectation that like it's your job to work through it also I just never want to be like a Debbie Downer or like a mood killer but that's all of my stuff that's me projecting on my audience thinking that they will perceive it in a certain way that's me trying to control how they receive it how you know how you might feel when I share which is all my stuff. It always goes back to me. So yeah, I just, I want to continue to make sure that I'm showing up fully and that I'm being honest and transparent about my journey. And I can give you the PG version of my spiritual journey. I can also give you my unrated version of my spiritual journey. And I'm gonna give you the unrated uh, version today. So when I think about my spiritual journey, I think about a moment in time in particular where I trigger warning, trigger trigger warning. So if you don't want to be triggered anyone in any way, I would say now's the time to exit out. Um, but it definitely deals with like mental health and wellness and all that stuff. So I think when I was about 16, uh, I had really big feelings, really big feelings, and just a lot of unprocessed stuff that at that age I didn't know what to do with because the strength that we have to have communally without much outlet or freedom is shackling. So, you know, I didn't know any of that. At my age, I just knew I had feelings and life was starting to be too much. And so I wanted to unalive or 
wanted to take breaths from myself. And so I lived in an apartment building and my grandfather's apartment was across the hall from my mother's and I's. And so I just knew he had a bunch of pills on his dresser. So I went over there, I just picked a random bottle. And I was like, I'm gonna take these and I'm gonna unalive myself. And then so I went back across the hall, had the pills with some water. And I was like, mm, this is taking too long. So I put a plastic bag over my head. And I was like, mm, this shit is hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uncommitted I was. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, is it supposed to be comfortable? But anyway, I, I digress. So I was like, I'm taking this off. So I just was like, I'm going to go to sleep. And hopefully, like, that'll be it. It'll be a nice, peaceful transition. I wake up disappointed and I was like, okay, at this point, you gotta be honest with your mom about what just happened. So like I had went to the living room and I told her what I tried to do, show her my letter, cause I wrote a letter. Um, and then she called the ambulance and wound up going to the hospital. And while I was there, I just remember everybody getting frustrated with me, like answer her Kita, answer them Kita. And they were trying to ask me if I wanted to be checked into the psych ward, but like they were pumping my body full of charcoal. So I didn't know what was going on. Like it, I just remember being in this like hazy nausea room spinning. And I was just like, yeah. And so like, I feel like they literally like put, picked up my hand to sign the paper so that I could be admitted. Um, but a little bit after that, I started feeling more normal. Uh, come to find out, the pills that I took was my grandfather's fucking muscle relaxers. What the fuck is that gonna do? <laughs> I ain't do no research. I'm pretty sure XG's existed back then. I ain't do no research. So like, it was given half-hearted. It was given, I just needed to talk, I need to help. Um, so I wound up being admitted and that was when I was diagnosed with manic depression. Years later, I found out that that's another term for bipolar disorder, but we can we can revisit that at a different time. But I remember being diagnosed from a male Asian doctor. I feel like I saw him for like 15 minutes. He was like, hmm, that sounds like medic depression. Uh, we're gonna give you this medication, boom, okay. Um, nothing else, you just, just drugs, got it. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so I remember going to the psych ward and I was like, mm, this is not, it's not giving what it's supposed to give. And so I had to move me to a, like, a, for lack of a better term, a less severe unit. Like maybe they started me out on the third floor and I, and they had to take me down to the second floor. Cause I was like, I don't feel safe. Um, so I get to the second floor, I'm in shock, cause I'm like, wow, bitches gotta line up and take medication. Like, this is giving jail. I don't like that. My, my, my spirit <laughs> already feels shackled in everyday life because of the man. I am feeling that same way on a, on a deeper level. This is already given adjustment. So that happened wind up going to sleep in, you know, a room that just was lifeless with a slender of a window. Did it even have a window? I feel like it was a roly, a roly bed. Like it was just giving, it was giving hospital bed. Um, and so I remember like not really getting much sleep. 
the next morning, I remember going to a like group meeting that we all had to go to. And it was just manly. That was just like, <laughs> it was just funny to me, but I felt like it wasn't the right time to like laugh. And I was just trying to make sure I read the room. And I just don't, everybody just seemed checked out. And I was completely the fuck too. <laughs> but the doctor was like, does anyone want to share? And the dude was like, I'm not going to share. It's just going to be me looking at you, look at me. And I was just like, what is going on? Okay, sir. And I think he just like went around the room. I don't think I said anything. Uh, Cause I just, I'm more of an observer typically when I'm in new spaces, but hey, you never know what version of kitty you're going to get. So could be reserved or could be life of the party, Kita. But um, that day it was definitely given reserved. And then I remember it was this, uh, <laughs> it was this lady that was like, can you help me take my hair out? And I looked at her head and oh, it had like, you know, after you, after you have braids for a long time, it got the like gray dirt build up at the root. Yeah. And her eggs didn't feel like an eggs. It felt like, I was the bitch. It felt like I was the new bitch in town and she was staking her claim. So I helped her and that was my girlfriend for like two days. She snuck a Granny Smith apple to my room that night because you're not supposed to have food in the back. So I was like, oh, okay, that's your thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, so I was somebody's bitch, but my mom came to visit and she bought one of my favorite meals, which I thought was sweet and thoughtful. And there was this other lady that kind of tried to puff my mom into buying her some Chinese food. <laughs> oh, it was wild in there, boy. But, okay, one more thing. One of the things that really stood out to me uh, was when my aunt came and she basically was just like, you don't have to worry about the big picture all the time. All you have to do is take one step at a time. And she did this gesture with her hand where it was like she was like going up a ladder um, or like going up into the sky. My brain was just like, oh, you just take one step to get higher and higher to the better version of you. And so that's how my brain interpreted it. And I was like, I do get overwhelmed when I think about the quote unquote full picture. But that whole picture is typically not even a picture that I painted. It's this societal uh, picture and frame that doesn't even seem like I should be in it. And it's because I'm supposed to be curating a life that is very unique to my own. And so that really helped me start to take the baby steps to figure out what it means for me to honor myself. It led me to get into a mindfulness practice, into Buddhism. Um, and also shout out to my other aunt who used to call me Buddha. And I really feel like that was like foreshadowing for my life because after me having that like huge experience where I was just like overwhelmed emotionally, I, I had to be in this space where I was like, I, I'm having a breakdown because I don't know what to do. Like there was no safe space to land to be able to express what I felt 
and how to like even work through it. It was always like this battle of like pretending like you have it together the most. And so I remember being that friend who people could always come to for advice, for people who could like share and you know essentially dump. But we didn't have that language back then. And I and I brought I was proud to be in that role. But it was like, who's there for me when I am needing support, when I'm needing help, when I'm needing to to be held spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. And so I was always told that I had I had big feelings. I was hypersensitive, super sensitive. And I had to start, I felt like I had to start shying away from that because it felt like it was too much for the people in my life to handle. I felt personally attacked by it. It felt like I wasn't like, like I wasn't enough, like who I was was too much. And so that really allowed me to start the journey of going within. And when I tell you that reading about Buddhism, Taoism, mindfulness practice, breath work, me traveling to India to volunteer and to really learn what it was, what it meant to be of service and to be in community, shifted how I maneuver it I was forced to train my brain to be more optimistic and just that practice alone of optimism shifted how I experienced and saw life so much and when I tell you that it was not easy in the beginning and sometimes it can still be challenging because the physical can have such an impact on what we feel But with a consistent practice of optimism and gratitude and working through what I actually feel, actually holding space for myself, actually asking for what I need, taking the time that I need to feel what I need to feel has been some of the best work that I did to move out of that space of depression. And I'm so grateful for that. And... I don't think that we talk about mental wellness um, in the black community in this way enough. It's like a, it's like a, oh, push it under the rug, you know, like who can like hide their shit underneath the rug the most and like make sure that the rug isn't like poking up, like just dig a little hole underneath the rug so it could just be underneath the floorboards and nobody has to know that anybody's struggling. But I there's so much power and transparency and vulnerability and it can give other people the space to to acknowledge what they actually feel and to and to embrace you know their process and their journey to to wellness and so yeah I just wanted to share that I've had to work through some some big emotions to fully embody this authentic version of me and it's been a journey I and when I sit back and look at it it's actually it's actually been really yummy even through the struggles even through the heartbreaks even through the lack of clarity even through the confusion even through the moments of feeling is disempowered a word but feeling like, what the fuck is the point? Feeling like, what the fuck is the point? It's still been beautiful because the people that I come into contact with, the experiences that I have 
truly make a difference. And I feel like a lot of the bigger emotions come from me feeling like I have to put myself in a certain box. I have to make a certain amount of difference. My difference has to look a certain way. Um, I have to be black excellence in a certain way. I have to move mountains for my people. I have like, it just feels like this never ending battle of having to be everything when my existence alone is nothing and everything at the same time. There is nothing that I have to strive for outside of myself. My best moments are when I am truly saying yes to what is for me. And to intuitively be able to do that, it took practice. It took me getting to know myself in and out so that I could know I'm saying yes from from an all-knowing place, from a higher consciousness place, from an intuitive, from a from a me releasing and having the awareness of certain traumas or patterns that happen. Like I had to do that work to be able to move through, to know that like my intuition now is fucking impeccable. Like I'm not gonna say I'm always right, but I trust myself more often than not because in the past I there's been certain things that I knew but I decided to go against myself and so I started being able to recognize when I was doing that and I could always have the choice to shift it is up to me to do the work to hold space for myself to ask for what I need to lean into uh, just the most authentic version of me. I deserve it. And I continue to attract the most beautiful things to my life because I do it. And I feel like this is just another stepping stone for me to continue to build authentic community. And um, for that, I'm super grateful. If you would have told you know, 16-year-old Kita with the big feelings um, that she would have been solo traveling around the world this year, I don't think she would have believed you. I don't think that, you know, she would have even fathomed that it was possible for her. Like the little girl that grew up on Division Avenue that divided the hoods in D.C. that went to Burville Elementary is living a life that is curated for her. There is power in that. There is power in living a life that makes you feel alive. And I just continue to strive to be that version of me. I am I am so grateful. So 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 grateful. With that being said, uh 
I'm feeling very vulnerable right now, but that's okay. Uh, I want to take a moment to practice some gratitude. I am in gratitude for my continued desire to show up, to move through self-imposed barriers. I am in gratitude of my adventurous spirit. I am in gratitude for continued reminders that give me the push right when I need them. I am in gratitude of my strength. I am in gratitude of you. I am in gratitude of the choices that I made to continue to be put in places that allow my heart to expand and to thrive. What are you grateful for this week? The song for this week is Beyonce Cozy, okay? Comfortable in my skin. Comfortable with who I am, okay? That's that's the song, so play that, okay? Play that and think of me, think of you, okay? Because there's so much power in being comfortable in your skin. I'm just in awe. I'm in awe right now of the magic that continues to happen as we all continue to remember that we are limitless. You can literally do and have whatever you want. And I'm so proud of you. All right, I'm going to go continue to think about the woman king and thank you so much for listening and um, taking these moments with me as I dive deeper into being transparent and vulnerable. Okay, bye.